So much for predictions of a tame and cautious governor's debate. From the Battelle studio at WOSU at COSI, this is Columbus on the Record. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Kathy Kandiski, State House reporter for the Columbus Dispatch, Reginald Fields, Columbus Bureau Chief for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Dale Butlin, Democratic Strategist, and Terry Casey, Republican Strategist. You can tell they are close in the polls by the way John Kasich and Ted Strickland went after each other in Thursday's debate. Both candidates for governor were on the attack. Take, for example, this exchange over whether the stimulus package saved the auto industry in Ohio. Uh, the fact is that eight and a half million jobs were lost, Congressman, and most of those jobs were lost during the Bush administration. We have taken firm action to stabilize this economy. The free fall has been stopped, and all you and your friends want to do is just criticize and say no, no, no. While we've been working here in Ohio to create jobs, you were working on Wall Street to outsource our jobs. I think the people of Ohio can tell the difference between the two of us. 30-second rebuttal. You know, Governor, it's like a broken record. you got to get over that, and we'll talk about that in greater detail. But what Youngstown shows us is the potential for manufacturing. Folks, we have performed worse than 41 other states since this guy has been the governor. Our unemployment is 10.1 percent, poverty is rising, and, uh, and homelessness is rising. The bottom line is we need to, get, we need to have a job-creating environment and culture in this state. Reggie Fields, both candidates were aggressive, but Ted Strickland particularly was more aggressive, much more aggressive in this debate than he was in the first one. Yeah, and I, I think it's because he's, he's starting to uh, maybe seize an opportunity, as we're going to talk about the polls a little bit later. The polls are certainly uh, closing down. And uh, as the governor, as you just now heard him say, you know, there's a clear difference between uh, you and I, you know, John Kasich. And so I think uh, what both candidates are trying to do at this point is to distinguish themselves from one another. Not that they needed to do that necessarily. They're, they're clearly opposite on, on many issues in this race. Uh, but uh, at this point, Voters are starting to wake up and pay attention, and so and there were other zingers in there as well. That was yeah. just one very good exchange there that you had. Uh, Kasich also accused him of being asleep at the wheel, and I believe the governor at one point suggested that Kasich wasn't telling the truth and said the fact checkers need to check this congressman. You know, yeah. statements here. One of the best examples of the debate last night was Reggie's paper, The Plain Dealer. This is their cartoon. And it's titled Toledo Mudhens, mm -hmm. which is the AAA team up there. And they have, in essence, the two candidates as two chickens arguing whether Kasich saying the chicken came first, the governor saying the egg came first, as they're throwing at each other. But clearly it was very animated, very strong. But the governor at the end, uh, after the debate was over, to one of the reporters outside, he basically said uh, there were no home runs, there were no strikeouts. The question is, does a tie or him not winning, does it give him enough to catch up? Well, let me just say, though, there, there, it's not an accident that these polls uh, have started to tighten up since the first debate. Um, you know, probably the only person on this panel uh, old enough to remember, like I do, the old television show Howdy Doody is uh, <laughs> Terry Casey. Well, on Howdy Doody, there was a character, a puppet, named Mr. Bluster. And Mr. Pluster was a bombastic, shoot from the hip, don't bother me with the facts kind of guy. 
And that's exactly the way John Kasich is coming off in these debates. He's a guy who doesn't even seem to know the details of the programs that he criticizes the governor for. Just one quick example. On this plan that the governor has for the renewable energy plan, which, by the way, is going to create 600 new jobs and give us the largest this solar, solar project east, farm. Yeah, solar farm, yep. largest solar project east of the Rock, Rocky Mountains. Very forward-looking thing. Mr. Kasich says that he really uh, is dubious about this because it's going to drive up utility bill costs, seemingly unaware of the fact that in the plan there's a 3% cap on increased utility bills to ensure that the costs don't get out of control. But, Kathy, in the soundbite battle, Kasich wins, though, and that's what a lot of voters, that's really specific stuff, important stuff, but to, to the average voters care, they listen to the soundbites. I, I would give the edge to Kasich in the debate for that very reason. I think he makes very succinct, succinct points that viewers maybe can follow. Um, but I think it's interesting, both these guys, last night in particular, were talking a lot about taxes. Kasich wants to paint Strickland as the guy that's going to raise your taxes. I think he came out and said he's going to raise your taxes. Strickland says it would be unwise to raise taxes, but he's not going to write off that as an option. What To me, the most frustrating part about these debates and this whole um, campaign is nobody's talking about what they're going to do specifically mm -hmm. to close an $8 billion gap in the budget. And that, to me, if I were a voter, that's what I'd want to know. It's great that you're not going to want to raise taxes. Nobody wants to raise taxes. But what, what's the cost? And that's what we don't know. But the big thing is jobs. And the bad news for Governor Strickland was that today the national unemployment numbers came out. And for the 15th straight month in this country, unemployment is at 9.5 percent or higher. It's at 9.6. In Ohio, whether we're going to be at 10-0, 10-2, 10-1, people are most worried about jobs, and that's one of the things that John Kasich hit hard on, that this development department in Portman's pounding the same thing, too, the failure of Ohio to produce jobs, and that we're so much worse than 80 percent of the country. Well, and Strickland is in the position of having to argue it would have been worse. It would have been worse if we hadn't done the things that I've done while in office, and that's tough. That's a tough argument to make. He did better last night in that in Thursday night's debate that he did in debate number one, but it is a, it's, you're trying to prove a negative, which is Tough. almost impossible. Where, Reggie, where do the candidates go from here? There's no more debates, so it's just negative ads and positive ads and, yeah, and I think we're press see conferences a, and staged events. Yeah, I think you'll uh, probably see a lot of negative ads, uh, really. I, I, I think what's going on now is voters are really starting to really pay attention to what's going on. I think things have, it, it's, it, in terms of the poll numbers, I think it's gotten already as worse as it was going to, going to get for Strickland, mm -hmm. and it's got as good as it was going to be for Casey. And so now we're kind of coming back where things are, are beginning to even out now. Um, I believe that voters probably trust Ted Strickland. They think he, you know, is a good guy. The problem is, is that the, the state is not in a very good shape. And so now they're, they're considering, well, maybe we should look at this other guy. And that's what they're doing. I believe that's why we're seeing the polls close now, because before you kind of get this other guy out of the, the way real quick, you might want to be sure of who you're bringing in. And I think that's what voters are paying attention and, to. And I think Reggie makes a very, very good point. I do think that people are going to shop around. They know what they're going to get with Ted Strickland. And as Reggie says, he's, he's proved himself to be a trustworthy person. Most people regard him as a good guy. I would suggest, and I hope that the viewers of this show and all over the state, would, before they go to the polls or when they go to the polls, they think about what are they going to be getting with John Kasich. And I will tell you, 
whether you look at John Kasich's voting record in Congress, his record on Wall Street, or the devastating budget cuts that he would have to enact to close this budget deficit in the absence of raising any taxes, asking John Kasich to be uh, a governor for the average person in the state is like asking Lindsay Lohan to be a guidance counselor. There is just absolutely no aptitude well, for this. Well, the one thing I thought the governor did well last night it, it was trying to trying to paint Kasich as reckless. You know, he mentioned what would have happened if he wouldn't have put a freeze on that last income tax reduction. It would have resulted in millions of dollars in cuts to education. You know, he tried to paint him as reckless. I think that goes to the point you were making. Whether that works, well, well, see, you, you can say somebody is reckless, but when you've been involved, including working with Bill Clinton, in getting the first federal balanced budget for three years in a row, the first time since man walked on the moon in 69, if you can do it at the national level, you can do it in Ohio. And of that $8 billion budget deficit, if we had unemployment down, that would solve half of that $8 billion deficit because it's the revenue that shrunk. Let's get to our next topic. There was breaking news in the political ad wars this week. It was learned that John Kasich used an actor, an actor, in one of his political ads criticizing Ted Strickland. Here it is. Under Ted Strickland as governor, Ohio has lost nearly 400,000 jobs. 400,000. That's not just a number, it's people. Out of work. Out of hope. Ted Strickland destroyed Ohio jobs when he busted the budget and raised our taxes to help pay for his mistakes. Now Ted Strickland wants us to keep him in his job when he didn't keep us in our jobs. Re-elect Ted Strickland? Are you kidding me? Apparently the man holding that hard hat is not really a factory worker or a steel worker, but an actor. Democrats pounced, calling it an insult to steel workers and perhaps actors everywhere. They responded with their own ad. Are you kidding me? It's not real. Can't prove anything. Doesn't exist. Ted Strickland destroyed Ohio jobs. You're a psychopath. He busted the budget. A sociopath. And raised our taxes to help pay for his mistakes. Probably a lot worse things than that, too. When he didn't keep us in our jobs. Don't worry about what just happened. Now Ted Strickland wants us to keep him in his job. All right, Kathy Kandinsky, was he supposed to get on there and say, I'm not a factory worker, but I play one on TV? Well, I was kind of hoping that maybe that was an out-of-work actor that Kasich found a job for. Aren't they all out of work at some point? That was not the case because it looked like he's had some jobs. This is embarrassing uh, to Kasich. I mean, you would think that in Ohio he would be able to find one factory worker that would have been able to say what that actor what was scripted for that actor. Um, so, you know, why didn't he use, I think Str the Strickland campaign came out and said that they haven't used actors. Um, I, I think there may be some voters that kind of look negatively on that, but is it going to change the outcome of the race? Probably not. But the Strickland people, they used in one of the recent commercials, the Scots person, one of the so-called factory workers in the background is the gal from Dayton who was saying she was unemployed when she did a commercial back in May. I mean, all these campaigns. Maybe she got a job at Scott's. No, she doesn't oh, work okay. at Scott's because it wasn't actually shot at Scott's. It was shot someplace else. Look, I think, but I think there's a fundamental question here. The case of campaign never tires of pointing out that 400,000 jobs have been lost since Ted Strickland became governor, never mind that there's a national recession out there. Given the fact that there's these 400,000 jobs lost, 
Couldn't they find one real person who has lost his job to say some, something like this? Why do they have to go find, find an actor? It, it doesn't make any sense. I will tell you in the campaigns that I've been involved with, uh, it, it, whether it's John Glenn or Howard Metzenbaum or whoever it was, we never had to use an actor. People would line up to be in the commercials. I mean, real people. Um, I think in some ways uh, this campaign commercial is a lot like John Kasich's campaign promises. They sound good on TV, but at their core, they're artificial and phony. Reggie, is this a way, is this a way to use a negative ad a for your own purposes. John Kasich did it with the Invacare ad because criti uh, Strickland criticized his company for outsourcing. Mm -hmm. He pounced to mobilize business support for him. Strickland pounced on this to try to rally union workers to say, here's an example of how John Kasich is not yeah. for the unions or for the working men. Sure, I mean, I th and that's exactly what we saw this week. I mean, the Democrats immediately called a press conference. Uh, they had a, a group of steel workers there who basically denounced the ad. Uh, but as Kathy said earlier, I, I don't really see how this is going to impact you know, the race on November the 2nd. Um, it is embarrassing for the moment. I believe that the uh, Kasich team has taken the ad off the air, but they'll probably tell you that they took it off because it's already run its course. It's been on TV for about 10 days now. So, And they appreciate Dale mentioning the 400,000 unemployed workers in Ohio. And the reality is 41 other states are better. And even West Virginia has nearly a 2% lower unemployment rates. Pennsylvania is much lower. I mean, the question is, Ohio isn't in the middle we're among the worst states, the top ten worst states in America but for unemployment. You keep saying that, but the truth is, is that the latest statistics are, al are also showing that Ohio is one of the top states in, s in terms of new jobs that are being created. The very, and by the way, many of the very same fields that Kasich is saying, oh no, we shouldn't do anything, like renewable energy. Well, but that's the last three months. If you look at the last year, the numbers are a lot worse. Let's get to the U.S. Senate race. While the governor's race is tightening, the U.S. Senate race is not. Polls show Republican Rob Portman continues to hold his double-digit lead over Democrat Lee Fisher. The real clear politics average of polls taken over the last couple of weeks shows that Portman has a 14-point lead over Lee Fisher. Dale Butlin, is this race over? No, I don't think you can say that. I, I do think that it's clearly going to be an uphill fight for Lee, uh, particularly since he's at such a monetary disadvantage. And, and that, of course, goes to these television ads that are all important here in the closing week. So it's going to be difficult. But let me just say that there was a new poll out just today. We're taping this on Friday. Suffolk University came out with a poll uh, showing uh, that uh, Portman's lead is down to 10 points, which is roughly half of what yeah. it showed in the, in the most recent Quinnipiac poll. That was in part of that real clear average was the 10-point poll. Yeah, but, well, no, this one just came out today. No, it was in. Uh, the, yeah, that's yeah. It. So, so the point I'm trying to make is that I do think that it, races are tightening around the country, not just here, but all over the country. Democrats are coming home. I think the enthusiasm gap is 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 uh, becoming less wide, and uh, so if the governor can somehow uh, uh, get to, through this race and end up winning, uh, why it could have an impact on Lee Fisher's fortunes as well. The only problem with that poll is it was done by Massachusetts University, and they had a sample. It was 39 percent Democrat, only 31 Republican. If you really balance that out properly as the other ones have done in the RD mix. It's more like the other ones. But I want to say something nice about Lee Fisher. One of the best things in today's debate is Rob Portman kind of hit him 
on starting in politics way back in 1980. Portman said that's when I was in college, and that was when disco was cool. <laughs> and uh, then Lee Fisher chimed in, it's still cool. So Lee's doing well getting the disco vote, and it was a cute comment. It comes down to money. I mean, Rob Portman's got a ton of ads out this there. This feels over to me. I, I mean, it, uh, it, Stick a fork in it. It it's feels over. over to me, and primarily because the, the numbers, but on top of the fact that, that Fisher doesn't have any money or that he's so going to be so outspent by Portman. I don't know how he overcomes that. And, and you know, Fisher... He's had trouble winning statewide. When's the last time he won a statewide race? Is 1990 almost disco? 1,234 votes. Yeah, you got to remember. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you got to remember. I mean, he he uh, had to fight through a tough primary, and that primary had to use a lot of money then. And there's a lot of people now who are wondering if Jennifer Bruner wouldn't have made a better candidate in this race because the one of the areas where uh, Lee Fisher is struggling with is attracting uh, female and independent voters right now, which Bruner probably would have did a much better job of. I argue Jennifer would have been a much better candidate because she really believes what she believes and doesn't try and be on both sides of it. She would have articulated a clearer difference. Let's move down the ticket a little bit. Mary Jo Kilroy and Steve Stivers have been flooding TV screens with ads. A poll commissioned by the Washington-based newspaper The Hill shows Stivers with a nine-point lead, but with 15% still undecided. Terry Casey, you're helping advise the Stivers campaign. This race has been decided by less than two percentage points the past two cycles. Is that lead going to hold up? We expect another close Well, if you're Steve Stivers, you'd rather have the lead because he yeah. never had the lead in the past. But this polling firm is a Democrat firm that's done in the past, Bill and Hillary Clinton. So it wasn't just some right-wing poll. When you look at the internals, it's fairly solid. So 9% is not insurmountable. But if I was Steve Stivers, I'd rather have this climate and have a lead. And all, the other thing is, Barry Joe Kilroy's got to defend the stimulus plan, the unemployment, everything else that all these other members of Congress across the country are trying to act like, I'm not a member of Congress and I didn't vote That's for those. That's an interesting distinction because, because Mary Jo is not backing away from the Democratic leadership in Congress like you've seen some other congressional candidates and Democratic challengers do in other races like Paula Brooks has done in the 12th. As Congress lost its marbles, I think, is one of her ads. It's an interesting contrast with Mary Jo. But what's interesting, last then la when Mary Jo was elected two years ago, there was a huge Democratic, um, uh, Democrats poured out, out to vote because Obama was on the ticket. She's not going to benefit from that this time. So in a close race, it's going to be tough. But well, Obama's going to be at Ohio State for his rally. It's going to be at the Oval, it was announced it's today. Gonna, it's going to be the South Oval because they don't have Bruce Springsteen along and they don't have But the still, he's going to be mobilizing college students. Might that, is that what you're banking on your side, Dale? Yeah. Well, no, I, I was going to make a point about the poll that you cited because I think it is intriguing to me that the nine-point lead that this poll found matches exactly the combined vote that the two third-party candidates had in, nine, uh, in 2008. Yeah. Neither, and there are two third-party candidates running this time too, to assign them zero percent I think makes this poll not very credible. But those Cer candidates have not been active at all as like Don Eckhart was two years ago. But it still ago. indicates it's going to be closer than yeah. it would show. Absolutely it will. Uh, I, I, my take on this is that uh, this race is still up in the air and it's still very much a horse race. Uh, absentee ballots, it, 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 Republicans had a lead early it, in Franklin County, it evened out. Does that show that Democrats are coming home a bit, Terry? Uh, they're coming home a little bit because, as we mentioned earlier on the earlier Quinnipiac poll statewide, the 17-point margin was way too wide. Democrats have come home uh, somewhat. 
Uh, but the real problem are independents, because in the governor's race, it's almost two to one independents going for Kasich over Strickland. And it's not quite as wide a margin, but a similar margin on this one. It's independents that did the Democrats in in Virginia, Massachusetts, uh, in New Jersey in the last year, and that's part of the problem for this November, just three weeks off. Okay, and next week we will present a Columbus on the Record election special. Steve Stivers and Mary Jo Kilroy will be live in our studios at this table to debate the issues. 8.30 next Friday night here on WOSU-TV. Let's move on to our final topic. Remember that casino deal? Penn National continues to prepare the site of the planned casino on the west side of Columbus. The city stands to get $20 million a year from the casino, and officials have to decide how to spend it. A spokesman for Columbus City Council says the council remains undecided and likely will remain undecided until it knows how much of a cut in state aid Columbus will see. Cincinnati has already started divvying up its expected money for some development and some of it will fund a streetcar. Terry Casey, a big fan of the streetcar, I know. Is this the way Mayor Coleman's going to get his money for a streetcar? Well, the first little detail is, as of today, that site does not set in the city of Columbus. It sets in Franklin Township. And Penn National believes they were promised that they'd be kind of helped out and taken care of on the loss of about $25 million on the site they were forced to abandon. The Arena District. Arena site. District. And their view is, we're not going to be annexed until we get that money we're promised. So there's a little bit of a high-stakes poker game going on between City Hall, the powers that be, and Penn National saying, when do we get our money? We won't be annexed. And, of course, if you not, don't annex it to Columbus, Columbus can't get all that money it's ready to spend. Assuming that the money will all rise to the top and this all gets worked out, how should the city spend this $20 million a year? Should it be spent for operating costs or should it be spent for projects that, to one-time deals? I think it's going to depend what the, what the fiscal situation is at the time. Ideally, I think most people would say you should spend it on capital expenditures, one-time type things, because until, until it establishes itself as a reliable source of income, you don't know what you're going to get the next year. And in addition, there's some people at the State House, Democrat and Republicans, who didn't like how this deal was structured and say some of that money should be going to the state's general fund, not be given to counties, municipalities, etc. Well, here's a novel idea. How about if we have the public have some input as to how this money should be spent? That's where Cincinnati got themselves in trouble down there, is that the council were, was making all these decisions behind closed doors and not including the public. I think there's lots of good uses for this money. Let's get the public involved. One thing, though, Mike, I think is pretty clear. Unless the public supports it, one idea that's been floated out there is that the money be used to bail out the Blue Jackets. In my opinion, very bad idea unless the public supports it. It would be one more example of what's happening far too often in this country, and that is the privatization of profit and the so socialization of risk. And uh, I, I just think that's a very bad idea. Other news gambling-related. Reggie, they named the members of the Oversight Gambling Oversight Commission. What's it, what are the yeah, name just, of it is? just today. Um, Columbus, Rocky Saxby is Columbus Attorney chair. Rocky Saxby is going to be the chair of that commission. Um, they have a very important role. Um, it's going to be sort of a part-time job. It pays $60,000 a year, but they're going to be in charge of sort of regulating uh, these uh, casinos, uh, putting the rules in place, and, and trying to make sure that everyone uh, plays by the rules. And uh, they've got a very important job. Uh, as we have already heard, there's already issues in Cincinnati, you know, with closed-door meetings. Uh, and so it's just beginning. <laughs> Rocky Saxby, coalition builder, 
Local attorney, is that a good choice? Rocky's a good guy. I know him very well. But the awkward thing is when he's at a law firm that in the past for decades has represented one of the racetracks, how do you deal with these potential conflict of interest? Because if you have good, smart people, but they're doing things for other people, whose interest is being served first? So I think there's going to be some conflict of interest questions raised. Nothing personal on Rocky. It's just the honest truth. There's a lot of scrutiny do this whole process well and and also the the next spec uh, the next step is going to be really crucial because uh there's supposed to be senate confirmation uh hearings on each of these these particular members and uh the senate is certainly going to going to take that up they're going to have their say on each of these individuals and say what if uh what if strickland loses the governor's race you know how is that going to play in terms of your republican controlled senate and whether or not they want to confirm the the appointees of Governor Strickland, I mean, there's a lot of and, there's and a lot Rocky of things. Rocky Saxby to play was here. the attorney attacking the Inspector General on the public safety director battle. There's some senators remember that. We got to get to our off the record comments, our parting shots. Terry Casey, you're up first. I'm going to be shockingly non-political, but uh, in our family, the first grandchild was born in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, a good fertile territory where uh, Mr. Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe were at. So uh, I'm hoping and uh, wishing and predicting hopefully a good future for that first grandchild, a son. All right. Congratulations, Gramps. Thank you. All right, Dale. Well, I, too, offer my congrats and uh, like to point out that those presidents you mentioned were all good Democrats. Um, <laughs> my prediction is that for the first time in many years, the Michigan-Ohio State game is going to mean something. Michigan looks like they're for real. they got some problems on defense, but I think when we get to the final game, I think it's going to have a bearing on who wins uh, the league championship. Dale, it always means something. <laughs> okay. Reggie. Uh, also, congratulations, Terry. Um, and I also uh, don't have a political comment, but I just wanted to, to note that this Sunday is a very important uh, walk and cause at Ohio State University, uh, Walk Now for Autism. And it's going to be Sunday morning at the shot at Ohio State University. All right. And Kathy. Well, I have a wish today, and that deals with the Blue Jackets. Not that they get the money from the casinos, the casino tax, but that they have a winning season, and I think maybe they will this year. Okay, all right, you can always hope. That is Columbus on the record for this week. We urge you to check out our, <laughs> that's a good comment, hoping for a winning season, don't be kidding me. <laughs> all righty, check us out online, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, you can get those links at our website, and you can uh, check out, we have a streaming video of each show in case you miss us on Friday night or uh, or Sunday morning. All of that at our website, wosu.org slash C-O-T-R. For our crew here and for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week.